change the world one seed at a time. When I was a kid, I learned things based on what I saw and heard from my mom and dad. Everything they would say to me, I considered to be the truth with no reason to think otherwise. When I became a young man, I started assessing on my own what I believed and why I believed it. I believed in many things but didn't really know why, and that bothered me. I needed to do my homework and really understand who I was and where I came from. I needed to truly know what my beliefs were and why. I didn't want to claim something to be true because it fit my lifestyle or simply was pleasing to me. I didn't want to let my perception of the truth be my foundation. I knew logically that truth itself can't change, but only my perception of the truth can change.
whisper in the silence Sleeps the harvest in the sea Cradled now a new beginning In the heart that dares believe So crucify your hesitation Wounded expectation bring Come on, y'all. We made it. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's thank God right now. We got through coronavirus. We started over. We're still here. We're still here. 1C Church is celebrating five years, and I'm just grateful to be here. Who's grateful to be here? When you just walk into it, you don't feel that. But every day when I get up here, I see all that every week, which is why I'm excited because I know and have felt all the moments, and a lot of you have felt that, and a lot of you haven't, but this is just the beginning. This is to the next five years. This year is huge. We're about to have a brand new building, brand new, inside and out, and it's so cool that it happened to fall this weekend. Hey, while y'all are standing, I just... uh, I want to have you take your seats again. Just, just find high, we're going to high five five people today for five years and tell them here's till the next five. High five five people, tell them here's to the next five and take your seats. But don't miss, so that's called a slap. And we're not doing a slap challenge here yet. We'll do whatever we got to do to get people in the door. We got to slap you, we will. Slap you for Jesus. I have to really take deep breaths when watching some of that, especially where my little kids, my kids are little. And like when I baptized Chloe, that was the first baptism. Sean, you were there, your family was there and a lot of my relatives. And it was so cool to see her come up trembling out of that water. And that was the first time I baptized someone was my own daughter. So that's a really cool memory for me. And here we are. And I knew that five years would go like that. I knew that we better video this journey because five years will go really quick. And I knew that when we announce the church, people will be like, whatever. But I knew in five years, they'd be like, okay, he's serious. They're serious. And then I knew when we bought the building, they're like, okay, they're really serious. And then when we bought 100 more signs, and now we're up to 125 signs out in St. Charles County, they go, whoa, they're not messing around, you know? So that's why I say this is just the beginning. We're trying to show people that we're doing it all the way. We're not here to be lukewarm. We preached about that last week. So we're here to be on fire for God and and shake up this community when they're just used to being numb. They're used to being numb. And that's normal these days. I don't want to be numb like when I come out of that cold tub. That's just for a minute. We talked about the cold plunge last week to the whole church and they thought I was crazy. (laughs) Pointing to my brother over there. Give it up for my big bro in the house today. 
My brother's a good preacher. Before I was preaching, he was preaching. So he doesn't know that a lot of his nuggets are in me. And a lot of my dad's nuggets are in me. And that's how we do it. We cultivate. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, you can clap for that. I'm going to give you a couple announcements here. And I try not to time things, but with the seven-minute video, I'm calculating how long before the food has to be brought in so it stays warm after. And hey, Bobby, what's up? <laughs> but we're not going to worry about that. We're just going to let God give a word today, if that's okay. Okay. One seat is five. We know that. So today, after, there's going to be awesome food. So if you don't like me, or you don't like the word, or you don't like people, stay for the food, because it's free. And when you eat together, you may start liking people and say, hey, what's your name? My name is, shake some hands, meet somebody. Food and a dessert also in the lobby. It's going to be good. So hang out with us, okay? Who's going to hang out with us? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Just lie to me. Tell the truth. Whatever it takes, just raise a hand. I don't care. Let's come on. Everybody raise your hand together. One, two, three, raise your hand. Okay, good, good. Look at this. So good. Oh, oh, how could I forget this? This is a limited edition, one seed, five-year anniversary, black on black. Can you say murdered out in church? I don't think you can say that. So we're calling it black diamond edition, one seed. It says five, and it says one fourteen twenty three. and we're going to have these available if you want to buy one to support the ministry right after church today. But they're cool. Nobody's got black on black, but we do. Thank you, Don, for the tip. An encouraging word of getting a black hoodie. Don got the first one. Well, the second. I pulled yours aside first. I said, she gets this first. How many remember One Seed Youth? The three youth we have. No, I'm kidding. Well, we're finally starting it back up. We're starting it back up. And you like I said three. Sometimes it was zero. It depended on a week. We're starting back up with One Seed Youth and you can talk to Gabe Leslie. Gabe, stand up, no pressure. Gabe is gonna be youth leading, One Seed Youth. And in February, we're having our first event in quite a while. It's gonna be at Rock and Jump. It's gonna be on a Friday night, February 10th. But we want you to go, if you are a middle or high schooler, talk to Gabe, and he'll hook you up. That's it, bring your friends. Bring your friends, they need, they need godly peers in their life. So if you're, if you're like a middle schooler or a high schooler in church right now, your friends need you. So do it together and grow together. And in five years, you'll be all be looking back. Remember when we were in middle school? Now we're graduating from One Seed Youth into college. Oh my goodness. Maybe you're the next college group leader and you don't know it. Maybe you're the first one and you don't know it. So thank you, Gabe. You can sit. You can sit. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. <laughs> He's just going to stand the whole message. That's great. That's dedication. One other announcement before we get into the word. One Seed Worship released its fourth single this week. This is not your mom and pa's basement cassette recording. This is professional music we write and produce, and it's out all over the entire world. And our fourth single came out this week. So go to anywhere. I dare you, search One Seed Worship, and you'll see Greater Is Your Love, a really cool new song we released, and we're going to be putting out a lot more music this year, and we really believe, I've seen it, that music is the gateway to people's heart. If you want them to hear you, you got to connect with them first, and the way God connects through you is through music. It's just like such a beautiful way to soften the soil and then give them God's word. So 
Go check that out. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to look at four verses today. Nobody brings Bibles. When you have it in your, men, in your mind, because you, you have it memorized, say amen. We got a Bible. Amen, sister. <laughs> She's proud of that. That's good. We're going to start a trend where we actually have Bibles again. I'd probably be the last one to bring one, but just saying. Matthew 24, verses 32 through 35. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and leave, and it leaves its, I can't speak, sorry, its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Let's just check this one spot again. He says, he says how do you know summer is near? The season's changing, right? He says, it's when the twigs get tender and the leaves start to come out, or come in, excuse me. Summer is near. So even so, just like you see the seasonal change, God says, so is the kingdom of heaven. My title today, which I think is appropriate for such a milestone today, is Navigating Change. Navigating Change. We're always navigating a change. Like we think we're like in one season and then we hit a milestone and then we turn the, they call it the new chapter or we turn the page and, the, and our, our life is a book and each chapter is a, is a section and each section has pages and maybe pages are not as significant as chapters and maybe chapters are what you remember and pages you forget, right? And at the end of the journey, you have a book. That's depressing when I think my book is done. My book's not done, that's my life. And your life continues on through just this earthly life. But moments like today is only when we, to think, we seem to think about moments like that I'm speaking of. That is, okay, I'm going to start reflecting on the past, and I'm going to start looking into the future. But how do I navigate these pivotal changes? Maybe you're getting married. That's a big change. That's a season change. You've been in summer, now you're going into fall, and you've never been in fall. So, so that's scary, right? Even when it's exciting, it's kind of scary. I remember when I graduated college, we had, they had a dinner for us, and I knew that after that, I had to buy my own Subway. That was it. In my own, I used to get a Subway sandwich every day and a Jumbo Diet Coke, and I thought that was healthy every single day, and I, I flip it with Arby's, Super Roast Beef, and Market Turkey and Swiss Large Diet Coke. And then, and then one day I knew I was getting out of school, I had to pay for that. My mom was, my mom was taking care of me a little bit, and I didn't know how, how much I was going to be scared to go into next season because I had to start paying for stuff, and there was no school to even hide behind. Like, now it's real life. So as much as I wanted to get out, and I knew that the change was a good thing, I was still scared to face it because change is scary. It's because you don't know tomorrow. You don't know tomorrow. Another pivotal moment, I don't know if my family can relate to this, but the, when we moved out of Chesterfield House, that was really hard for me. We, we, I grew up in a house in Chesterfield, and when I was 26, we 
pulled away for the last time. And the whole family went to St. Charles County. And I'll never forget the last moment, like the last thing was packed. It was the last thing to pick up and be done. The, The house was locked up. We were done. I remember I was by myself that time, and it was dark, and I was pulling away. And all that was running through my mind was my whole childhood. I was thinking about all my neighborhood friends and how I used to stand at the bus stop and how how I used to run down the hill, and, and then when we get in trouble down there, we'd run up to my house. When we, when we, when we, when we irritate Josh's neighbors, we'd run up and hide behind our fence and then, like, shooting balloon launchers and doing crazy stuff. And then I think about driving around Chesterfield like Clarkson Road and how my first job was at Toys R Us and Casagars, and all this stuff was sequencing through my mind as I pulled away this last time from this home. And so as much as I did not want to stay, I was so anxious and fearful of the change. So what prompted this message was, how do we navigate change with peace? You know, like, like, like it doesn't have to be scary. How do we do that the way God can assist us? Because a lot of times the change that's next, we don't even know what it looks like, and it's often not what we expect. But we have to learn to embrace change, because guess what? We can't stop it. We can't stop the seasons changing. God made seasons, and there's one thing that's for sure. The seasons will never stop changing until God stops them. So I can't stop the season from changing. I have to learn how to navigate through each season of my life. And God is so magnificent that he always presents to us a solution of overcoming these things that we don't understand, even the things that we'll never understand, and that's okay too. He doesn't say he'll make it clear. He says he'll provide a way. And seasons, just like the scripture said, are God's way of illustrating the ups and downs and everything in between that we will go through in this life. Isn't it amazing? Uh, Who remembers Shar at the YMCA? You know, Shar's brother does all our signs, by the way, Ed. Just a small inside Fact here, Shar was the receptionist at the YMCA and helped us set up when we went there. And then we started here. We brought in a sign person, and it happened to be her brother, coincidentally, and he's done our signs ever since. He's like six foot nine. You can't miss him. But one day, Shar, I told this story, pulled me aside outside. I'm racing around at like Sunday morning, like 6.30 a.m., like, you know, sweating bullets because we're doing setup, and that's, that's, that's how I'm going. And she pulls me out, and I'm like, you're interrupting my flow, woman. I didn't say that. But I thought that. I'm like, what are you doing? You don't know time is much. What are you doing? This is for Jesus. I'm in a hurry. What are you bothering me? She pulled me outside. She said, look at the tree. I thought she was crazy. And she was showing me the color it had changed on all the trees. And actually, it was really pretty. And I never would have noticed it if she hadn't have stopped me to look. And I ended up being really humbled in that moment because God spoke through her in that moment and got me back into focus because he said, look around. Now, look at the seasons changing. Look at your children. The seasons are changing. Look at your family. The seasons are changing. Look at your personality. Your personality has changed. Has anybody else felt themselves change over the last decade? Good, bad, indifferent? I'm not saying. I'm just saying you could feel a difference, right? It's all the cold plunging. Just kidding. This is so good. My dad used to tell me this passage all the time, and I had to go find it because I only heard it from my dad. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood by what was made, 
when you want to see God move, look at what he's created. So Shar took me out there, and I looked at what God created, and now what God was transitioning into the next season, we were going into fall. And it just, it was so cool because the Bible is saying there that if you were never handed, handed a scripture, you would know your God exists by looking at the trees and by looking at the seasons and that everything you say is, see is a mirror of God's creation. That's how we know by nature, we are loved by our father. Does that make sense? You don't have to prove it to me. I just got to look around. I have kids. I've got five kids. I know that there must be a God for me to have five kids and them to be like civil. You know, like I don't need much more than that. You remember the band Live? I can feel it coming back again. You know what that song's about? You know, who knows a song? Come on, somebody, the 90s. Okay, that was a huge hit. Um, he said, he, said that's, he went from atheist to believing in God right then when he had his kid. Isn't that cool? Here's an atheist who went to believing in God from having his first baby because I see God in that child. That changed him. He didn't have a Bible yet. It's in the nature of man to know he is loved by the things God has created. And so the seasons changing are a sign of our journey. It's so good. We can walk outside and the very process of nature's routing is a sign of our heavenly father being in this. It's not an accident. It's the very nature of our heart that we know he loves us and he deeply cherishes our well-being. I've got some really ugly bushes right now in my yard, but I know in the spring they come back pretty every year. They're not dead. They're transitioning seasons. They're actually very much alive, but if I look and judge it by how those little, little petals look on the thing, that's a dead bush, and then it grows back because it's just a season. Sometimes you got to prune the tree, prune the, prune the branches so you're not dead. You're pruning. You're changing. How are you navigating change this season? Everyone in this room is experiencing some sort of seasonal change right now. It could be exciting. It could be stressful. It could be eventful. It could be purposeful. If we are breathing, we're going through life seasons. The question becomes, how do we handle the transition that occurs as we move from one to the next? So the part we notice is the window of transition. When we're in the season, it becomes normal. It's when we transition, that's when God has our attention to look around and we reflect and we do near, year in review videos and we do New Year's resolutions. We reflect in the transition to the new thing, right? How do we navigate that no matter what's next? You could be moving out of your house you grew up in. You could be getting married. You could, you could be downsizing your life because you got too much and you realize it's not all that in a bag of chips. You could have health issues. Maybe you weren't as strong as you were. Maybe now you're the healthiest you've ever been. Like these are all transitional seasons your life's going through. How will you navigate those changes? No matter what. No matter what. We think we're controlling the weather. You think you're bringing fall when you're ready for it? That's not how it works. That's the devil's lie. 
God controls the seasons. So as much as we think we're controlling what's happening, God is the wizard behind the curtain, and he's controlling the seasons, the timing, the outcome. And if you're blessed by it, it's because he blessed you with it. It's not because you did that. He gave you the gift to know how to think, but God guided you with trust as you trusted him. Make sense? You do a little in private, I'll do much with you in public, God says. You do it in private, I'll bless you in public. God trusts those and uses those who are faithful back. But those changes are scary. Let me tell you, becoming a pastor was scary. Here's a guy who grew up singing all the time in front of people, and I was terrified to speak without an instrument. You know why? Because it was unusual for me. It was uncomfortable. I was taking anxiety medicine for the first six months just so I didn't get shaky. You know, like, you've got to reach a point where you say, I don't care how it feels. If God is bringing it, I'm going into it. You got the magic eight ball? The outcome looks bleak. Isn't that one of the answers? What does the magic eight ball know? If God put the season in your lap, maybe it's a positive thing. Maybe you needed to dump them. Maybe you needed to go broke so you could learn how to save something. You know? Like just because you think it's bad doesn't mean it's not actually blessing. If God provided it, it's time to go into the season. If the season's ready to change, change. Don't fight it. How are you going to navigate it? You can't hold the season. When winter comes, winter's coming. I'd love to say no snow. December 23rd, no snow, you're not coming. We're having our last service. It's going to be awesome. No snow, you're not coming. Jesus, no snow. God says, we need snow. You're going to have to cancel service. I said, okay, all good. Don't let it happen again, God. You know, that's kind of how we, how we do. Anybody else boss God around sometimes? Not like directional, like we boss him with our thoughts of, of control. We're not saying it to God. We're showing it with our controlling behavior that we think we can control the outcome in the flow of seasons that only God created. Therefore, he only has the key to control them. The windows of transition. Does anybody else ever notice that when you're transitioning, it seems like there's always a good and there's always something else in parallel that's maybe stressful. Like for me, when, when work is good, Maybe one of my kids is sick. When my kids are great, maybe work is down. When church is up, maybe, maybe there's, you know, an issue at home. Like, like it's always in parallel. So now that I know that is basically always going to be the case, there will never be a perfect season or seasons in parallel. Now that I know that, I know I can navigate that in a normal way because that's the way God intended. And actually, if I didn't ever feel the lows, I'd never know what the highs feel like. That's why we have emotion, happy, sad, indifferent, how would you know to be grateful if you, weren't know, if you didn't know what to be grateful for and why to be grateful? You know, like, sometimes I, I get mad at my kids, and I think, they don't know this. And I'm like, how would they know that unless I taught them? So they got to understand the why, and then they'll apply the thing, like thankfulness, gratefulness, respect, manners. And sometimes that's not fun to get to that point. You got you to gotta love them with the truth instead of just love them with the fun. Sometimes it's a little both. My kids know that, that I, can, I can be really bossy to them because I love them, and I can be playing with them at the same time. But they know I don't mess around if something's serious. And so they know that, and they know that's the way the seasons are in our house. 
And so, so they know that now that's normal. And that's normal to me. And, and there's just never a time where everything's perfect at once. It's always right when you get that big bill. You think life's perfect and then the IRS sends you a bill or something else. So get used to it because that's normal. You're navigating change the way you're supposed to. You're treading the waters. You got to tread at all times. How will you tread in peace? How will you transition in peace from these different windows of transition? Some of us just don't like change anyway. So if you just don't like change, who, who likes change? I don't mind change. Anybody like change? Who doesn't like change? Who's not saying either one? <laughs> gotcha. Just kidding. Good. It's progress. Change is doing this for the first time. Change is doing this for the first time, too. Change is worship for the first time. Change is coming to the church for the first time. Change is doing something you haven't done before in a different way. Guess where you grow in the changing transitions? You don't grow staying the same. I'm just saying, I don't like to change all the time, but I get bored with being the same. So as long as I'm alive, I'm like, how can I be better? Even when it's for somebody else, it don't have to be all about you. How can I be more loving to my children? How can I be more unconditional and selfless? Like these are all changes and seasonal things in your weather patterns that you're either going to try to run from or you're going to allow in. Maybe you have anxiety because of change. People don't like change because it makes them have to retrain something. It, it, it disturbs the ground that's finally ready to just be good forever. It disturbs that. And so a lot of people, if you don't like change, it can worry you and you get scared. And even when it's a good thing, it can still stress you. And I, I've been in that, sh that the boat because, because sometimes like the most exciting thing is happening to our, our church or our house, but we've never felt it before. So it's a little scary and you start questioning God. You start questioning, well, what if it's not God? And the devil starts putting all these seeds in your head and God's saying, you just keep going. You just keep going. You quit worrying about it because I control the seasons. If you see the sign of the season ending, you know the next one's beginning. God gives us the blueprint by what we look at. We can trust in that. We don't have to worry about if that season will come to pass because we see the fruits of the new season coming by the end of the previous, by looking. Does that make sense? How are you navigating change this morning? Well, God said, my words are with you. In 35, he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That means my words are always with you. Now, I love Jesus. I'm going to be real here for a minute. Can we be honest in church? Is that weird to be honest? Church pastor says he's going to be honest this time. I love Jesus. I love church. I love my family. But there's questions. I, I don't understand why God did certain things that I've had since I was a kid. And God says, you don't need to know. Do you trust me? And so there's, there's things I know I can't control with my intellect, my gifts, like gray hair. I can't control a lot of things with my abilities. And that's where I only have his word. I got to always fall back on his word. 
especially when the change that I'm going into that I know is not going to be as good as where I was, just I'm guessing, maybe I'm so scared, God says, you have my word always, even when the seasons change. You can hold my word because my words are with you. And that's the only peace you can find. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody turned 40 before? <laughs> and they start seeing the end from the beginning. When before it never really was a thought. Now it's a thought, especially at 2 a.m. You know, you start thinking about your kids and you remember your parents when you were like, you're their age now. You remember your parents at the age you are now. Doesn't that freak somebody out? Guess what that is? That's a season changing. And so if you let the devil get in your head, that can scare you out of church. That can scare you out of Christianity. That can just scare you into going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because, because, because you can't control that. And so if you're like me, who's very, very dominant with my, my goals and thoughts, I can't control that. So when I get to that place and it makes me want to just cringe, I say, all I have is his word. I have to rely on that. That's it. Nothing else matters in those moments. I have to trust in his word because that's the only thing that will always be in me and with me until I get in heaven and I'll still be with Jesus in the kingdom because he is the word. You can praise for that. So what that means is that fear of losing someone or something, you can know that the word will continue forward when the season has ended. That's how you navigate. Is this making sense? Is this feeding somebody today? I preach to myself a lot. When I'm preaching to you, I'm talking to me. There's a, there's a tension in that. Not attention, tension. There's tension in that. And if you let your mind override his word, you will be stressed out. You will see cortisol go up on the blood lipid panel. Or you can get your nice smartwatch and watch it drop because you're trusting in God's word. You say, you know what? God has it. It's his word. I'm not meant to think about this. I'm not meant to worry about it. Worrying is wasteful in your trust. It, it diminishes trust. The good thing about those moments is it's when you start listening better. I'll tell you, the, the most times God's ever really touched me as a person is when I was the most messed up. Has anybody ever felt that? That tension, that fear, that when you hit a low and you finally go, okay, I don't have an answer for this, what do I do? God says, I'm still here. And you go, I forgot. That's why those tensions, that's why we fast. It will cause you to reach higher, harder, clearer to God for answers. Because until you don't feel that discomfort, if you don't feel the discomfort, you, you never do it. You just watch TV binge watching Netflix or something. But when life is really hard and you wake up every day with the panic of going, how do I fix this? It's still not changing. What do I do? God finally says, when are you going to let me do it? When are you going to let me do it? My words are with you. I always make a joke. I have five kids and three of them are daughters. And my first one's turning 13. Well, I love my daughter, but I don't love that. If I could control the seasons, I would make them go. <laughs> this is great. Maybe we'll talk to Elon Musk about this. We'll let them go to eight, 
and then we'll pause them for 12 years? No, 22 years when they should be 30, and then boom, they're just 30. And we skip the in-between. We'll do it with some like cloning, something chemical. We'll do something totally not biblical to control the season from changing. But the reality is I know my girl's turning into a woman. All right. I've seen it before. I've seen it with you girls. So now I'm ready to see it a little closer. It was good enough as an uncle. Now God said, I get to show you as a dad. It's different as a dad. It's not the same when you can just leave and pretend. See, I used to pretend things weren't so, and by avoiding it, I just said the season never will change. That's not gray hair in my hair. No, you, no, that's not gray hair. On my, I got one on my chest. Did I say that out loud? Oh, my goodness, I'm old now. How does that happen? Get out the tweezers. TMI, I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm going to be honest with y'all. Like, like, I can't control it no more. Get the, get the hishu-woo, get all the supplements, get everything you can drink to control it and reverse it. God says, you can't stop my season, you fool. How many ads are you going to pay for that, Jeff? And it doesn't work, says the Lord. So finally, you just go, you know what? This is God's season, and I'm good with it. And guess where the joy is at? That peace of just allowing the season to change. Another funny thing, and I'm only bringing up church planting talk so much here because it's on my heart from the five years, but the hardest part was starting the church for like a decade, and then really bad the last couple years before we actually did it was resisting to do it. See, I don't know if y'all catching this, like I felt in my heart the change that was needed but I kept saying, no, God, I'm not, I'm not qualified. I don't want to be used like that. I don't want to be that, you know, I'm thinking Dana Carvey, church lady. I'm thinking like, like boring. Like, I don't want to do that. I like to make loud noise with the guitar. And I could feel my, I started getting panic attacks all of 2017. And I hadn't had that since I was a little kid. And it was getting really bad. I'm like, what is going on? God, I'm trying to think about this. And God said, that's not me. That's the devil because you're actually thinking about doing this. And I fought it, and I fought it. And finally I said, Michelle, the season's changing. Got to go. I hope you love me enough. For real. And I said, by the way, we can't, I can't do this solo. You remember we sat up there and listened to an Elevation Worship YouTube on TV, and we're worshiping, and I finally confessed that I really was planning to do this and that there was no question we have to do this. When before I kept like, beating around the bush, and as soon as I confessed it, the weight fell off me. And maybe you've never felt, that's called a burden, when God gives you a burden. Maybe you haven't felt that yet in your journey, but you're going to be resisting a season that God is trying to put you in. And you're going to keep telling yourself why you can do it tomorrow. And then 10 more years go by, and you don't know how long tomorrow will be. And finally, God says, do it, and you'll be blessed and now here we are six years later from that. It's five and a half. Like, and it's so good. And I'm so thankful that we yielded to the change of season. So I'm telling you all that because I know you all face something that you think it's going to be bad because it feels uncomfortable. But if you just yield to God's season change, you're going to be blessed by it. You're going to look back and thank God for it. You know, like the person you had a crush on and you look at them now and you're like, Lord, help me. What was I thinking? You know, and you're thankful they said no. Is anybody else human in here? 
Come on, somebody. Am I alive? Are you alive? Bunch of crickets chirping. No, I'm kidding. Love y'all. <laughs> he called me a cricket. <laughs> we had crickets at the movie theater, just so you know. That was bad. Right behind the movie screen while I was preaching. And then we had Little Mermaid songs. Behind. You see, y'all don't know that, but I have that in my memory. That's why I got to build this place. Get away from those movie theaters. Y'all wouldn't know. I'm haunted by Ariel and that little fish. Under the sea, under the sea. That's what it was doing in a prayer. We were praying, bro. Devil. Anyway, I ramble. My caffeine dose was actually low this morning. <laughs> the peace in God is in his word. When you want to feel peace, go to his word. When you're scared because you don't understand and it looks really confusing, how am I going to buy a house when everything's upside down? How can I pay the rent when everything's upside down? Am I going to live in a box, God? Go to his word. Go to his word. And by the way, we talk about prayers with legs. It doesn't mean he's going to say go to his word and just sit on it. Apply it. Use it. Motive, be, be, be motivated by it. Be encouraged by it. Do something with it. You can clap for that because everybody says, God just won't bless me. And you're just sitting in your room crying about it. God says, I gave you the word. Now you have the supply. Take it and go build something. And in five years, you'll go, man, that went quick. I better start building something. That's what happens. That's everybody's journey if you allow it. How are you navigating change? God says it doesn't end here. I'm with you. Next is always best. And I can hear my mom now. Well, that's easy for you to say. Like, you don't understand that truly, if you got, oh, she's in here? If I, I don't know if she's in here. If you got, <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, my mother sits in the back, by the way. I just talk about her a lot. If you got air to breathe, next is always best. Look to your neighbor, tell them next is always best. Well, how do you know next is best for me? I don't, but God does. You know why it's best? Because you can't go back to tomorrow. You can't hold right now. Guess what? When Christmas is over and it's time to take her down those whatever 27 trees in the house and 87 wise men out in the front yard, and I, I used to think it was good the first couple years, but after a decade, I'm like, next is always best. Time to take it down. New Year's is here. Give me back my family room. Anybody else? Am I the only Scrooge here that likes to move past Christmas once it's actually over? It's nice, right? Because you don't want to stay in it all year unless you like the Hallmark Christmas series. Sorry, Vince. They watch them all year. They watch them all year. I'm like, why would you watch something all year when it's only meant for a season? So I try to preach to them, but they don't listen to God's word. They watch the Hallmark Channel Christmas all year in the summertime. It's not right, people. Save it for the cold. Anyway, next is always best because that's the only thing God has for you to do next is next. It's always the future. It's always the future. And when this world ends, because we do have a seasonal change restriction here, eternity 
is forever. That's how I know next is always best no matter how old you are, next is best. So I will choose, say I choose not to dwell on what I can't control because next is always best. Y'all can stand. You can clap for that. It's good. I know y'all waiting for the first person to do it. Y'all do it together. It won't feel so weird. Praise God for, for his word. Shake off the lethargic Christmas meals. We're, we're mid-January, people. Praise God like, you, like you're awake, you know what I mean? Living in yesterday is not meant to replace right now and definitely not to be your blueprint for tomorrow. Yesterday's old news, yesterday's bread. Who remembered that message? Yesterday's bread is stale. God's got new manna today. Don't hold it. You can't keep it. Next is best. People used to tell me, well, you're just so focused on the church tomorrow. Do you ever get excited for right now? I do, but next is always best. I do, but next is best because it's gonna grow. People are going to grow. Lives are going to be touched. That never stops. And that's always in the next thing. Your best days are ahead of you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is sufficient in itself, says the Lord. I made the seasons. Today is what matters. Make the best of today and your seasons tomorrow will be great, no matter what, because next is always best. Nothing can take the place of, a, of God's eternal Mission to this story, eternal glory, the finished place, the place is for eternity. That means it has no end. Next is always best. I want to close with a funny story real quick. This morning um, and last night, I was walking around my kitchen, and y'all know me, I'm crabby if I don't have some coffee. Y'all don't know that you don't know that side of me yet. We get to know each other a little better. You'll see, you'll see that side of me a little more. I'm just kidding. I've been coming. So I get up. If I don't have coffee, like don't talk to me, kids. Don't talk to me, Camilla. She's a year old. <laughs> and I'm walking around the kitchen in my socks, and it was so sticky. I could feel my socks sticking to something. And I was following a path of sticky. And I'm going, is it Colton? Is it Kaylee? Oh, I know they had popcorn last night and the butter I think was dripping out the corner of the bag and they left a trail. And now I'm like, ew, these kids. Ugh, where is my Starbucks? Oh, I'm gonna preach today, I better be nice. No, you know, I'm thinking like that's the devil and the angel on the shoulder thing. And then, and then I found out actually it was medicine. Michelle says, oh, that was medicine. We, we dropped the medicine last night and it went everywhere. That's how she sounds. And, you know, I thought for a second, I said, you know what? Someday no one's going to spill the medicine on my floor. So instead of being a gripe about the medicine, just let them do anything they want. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I was going to be happy about it because someday I'm going to miss when my season changes and my kids change out of that season. I'm going to miss it and I'm going to have to face it. But right now I'm in it, so I'm going to make the best of it. So they got a little sticky on the floor. It's not the end of the world. It just ruined my day for like seven days. That's all. It's not that bad. Just kidding. Just kidding. What I'm trying to tell y'all is the things you got in your season right now, you're used to. 
and if you're used to it, you're going to quit appreciating. And once you pull out that driveway for the last time, you're going to start thinking about all the things you had there because they're gone. Now, they're not gone, but they're gone in activity, but they're still in your heart. But now God says it's time for the new thing. It's time for the new thing. Look to your neighbor and say, it's time for something new. God's got something new for you today. It's something new. This is not abstract. This is application. I'm going to take God's word, and I'm going to go do something new for God today. That's how God's got something new for you. We're going to celebrate today, God. We're going to praise your name. Every hand lifted, every eye closed and head bowed. We're going to give praise today that God got us through Corona as a church, and we should have been shut down for good, but we kept pushing the plow because we believed in this mission, and here we are today, and we give thanks for that. We give thanks that you give us a Shiloh that we weren't supposed to have, and now we get to come here every week, and we're not going to be used to it. Just, be, just because there's a little drywall dust on the floor doesn't mean we got to forget how good it was to get out of gymnasium we're grateful to be in this place and now we're really excited for the next season because you just keep blessing us and we don't deserve that but we know whatever is next is best and we glorify you for that because your word is the only thing we can hold on to when it looks bleak it looks over I don't have an answer I don't know what I can do I don't know if it's for me God says you still got my word use it you still got my word when everything else passes away you still have my word and we give praise for that and we can clap for that we can shout for that we can wake up dry bones for that because that is the only thing you got when your season gets to where you don't want it to be we thank you god now we go out and praise thank you for five years for one seat church we are excited for the next five bring it god because we're just getting started we thank you lord in jesus name everybody say amen